This episode of Riveting Reads is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. We already know you guys like good stories. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash rivetingreads and browse their unmatched selection of audio programs. Download the one that grabs your attention for free and start listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash rivetingreads to check it out. Now on to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Riveting Reads podcast, where each season brings you a serialized version of thrilling news stories, along with exclusive bonus content from the author. This is season one, Insomnia, book one of the Nightwalker series by J.R. Johansson, narrated by Roy Samuelson. New episodes are posting weekly on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Stick around after today's chapter for some author insights into the writing process behind this chapter with Insomnia's author, J.R. Johansson. Hi, I'm J.R. Johansson, and I'm here to give you a quick recap of episode 25, chapter 25 of Insomnia. At the beginning of this chapter, Parker is coming in and out of a drug-induced haze in the hospital after his car accident. Through his haze, he hears the voices of Addie and Finn and his mom, and even Mia, as they all speak around him while he's in this drug haze. When he comes out, he does realize that there's a police officer there, and it sends him into a bit of a panic, because he's afraid that it's about Dr. Freeberg. The nurse sedates him again. When he wakes up the next time, he discovers that the policeman was just there for a report of the accident. And although still terrified of what is going on, Parker is feeling a little bit better and hopes that maybe things can be different. And that's it for your recap of episode 25. Stick around now for episode 26 of Insomnia. Hope you enjoy. Insomnia, The Nightwalkers. Written by J.R. Johansson. Narrated by Roy Samuelson. 26. After 20 minutes of arguing, I finally convinced Mom to go home. She hadn't slept at home since the accident. And you're sure you'll be okay? Mom wrung her hands together and looked from me to Mr. Patrick, who yawned and leaned against the wall. I'm sure. Now go and get some rest. I turned to Mr. Patrick. Tell Finn and Addie I'll call them tomorrow. He nodded. I'm happy to see you're awake and feeling better. You had a lot of people worried. Yeah, I'm an attention hog like that. Mr. Patrick laughed. He looked a lot like Finn when he smiled. It was silent for a minute as I raised my eyebrows and watched Mom. She fidgeted and turned her gaze back to the television. Mom, going now? All right, all right, I'll go home, Mom said, but she didn't move away from the bed. They'll be fine. We'll probably send him home tomorrow, and then you can hover all you want. Mr. Patrick inclined his head toward the exit and held the door for her. He seemed exhausted, too. Mom kissed my forehead and finally walked out, Mr. Patrick right behind her. I sighed, relieved they'd at least get some sleep tonight. I had cost everyone enough of that already. All was quiet except the occasional beep of the machines and the rattling noise that sounded every few minutes as my blood pressure cuff inflated. The TV was still on, but muted. The flickering light made my eyes hurt. I stretched my arms and legs. Everything felt stiff, but moving was good. And I wasn't tired, not even a little bit. 
As I stood up, I secured the back of my robe so there would be no mooning on my walk through the hospital. Someone had put those silly blue hospital booties on my feet while I was unconscious. They looked ridiculous, but at least my feet weren't cold. Slipping the cuff off my arm, I disconnected the heart monitors and the machines started alarming. I glared at the screen and tried punching a couple of buttons until I found the power switch. When I released a breath and turned around, I jumped. Three silhouettes stood in the open doorway. You going somewhere, Parker? The petite nurse asked as she walked around the bed toward me and took my pulse. I noticed her hospital ID for the first time. Patty. Finn and Addie waved from the doorway but didn't say anything. Yeah, just a walk. I need to stretch my muscles, I think. I waited until she eventually released my wrist and looked me over. That okay? Patty pursed her lips and nodded slowly. Yes, but I want you to take it slow. Your friends and your IV stay with you. Finn stepped over and grabbed the IV stand. No problem. We'll make sure he's back soon. Addie walked over and linked her arm through mine, her expression worried. I glanced at Finn, but he didn't say anything. Thanks. I shuffled toward the hallway. Everything ached, but before long my muscles relaxed and the worst of the kinks worked themselves out. We'll dive right back into the story after this short break. This episode of Riveting Reads is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. The audiobook that I want to recommend today is actually Insomnia. Insomnia is available for the first time ever in audiobook. You can get it piece by piece through this program as you are right now, along with the additional authorly insights afterward. You can also do it all at once if you're not super patient, or if you'd like to have a copy of the audiobook to listen to straight through without the interruptions, and you can do that through Audible. Whether you decide you can't wait and you binge on insomnia, or you get a different audiobook of your choice, you can do that today by going to audibletrial.com forward slash riveting reads. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash riveting reads for your free audiobook. Hope that was a nice breather for you because we now continue with Insomnia. So what movie did you go to? I didn't want to talk about anything that mattered yet, but I knew it was cruel to make them wait for so long. She wouldn't go see Kung Fu. Finn glared at Addie. Or Terminator. Don't act like I got my way. Addie leveled her gaze at him and shrugged. So what? I laughed. You saw something that neither of you liked? It was that new alien one. Finn looked at me and grinned. Don't worry, the humans won, again. That's a relief. I rolled my shoulders, trying to release the tension. Addie shook her head in mock sadness. Poor aliens didn't even see it coming. Yeah, there was some truly shocking twists in this one. The aliens were about to win, but then humanity found a way to pull this amazing turnaround at the last second. Finn twirled my IV stand in a circle and then back again before my tube got all tangled up. I laughed. Somehow, I feel like I've seen that one about a hundred times. Addie squeezed my arm. Exactly. We made it down the first long hallway before Finn's fidgeting became so obvious I decided to start talking to put him out of his misery. I know you've got about a billion unanswered questions, so do you want me to explain or would you prefer to grill me? They exchanged a long glance. Not yet, Addie said. You don't have to yet. 
At the same time, Finn gave me a sheepish grin. Well, now that you mention it. I chuckled for a moment, but my body ached with emotion, so it was short-lived. Addie held tight to my arm and shook her head with a frown at her brother. Really, Addie, I'm strong enough, and you guys have been waiting days already. I took a long, deep breath and told them what had happened. From my conversation with Dr. Freeberg, to his pervy dream, to getting in the car intending to confront him. I skipped over the part at his house, moving on to the accident with the oak tree. I didn't mention darkness or attacking Freeberg in his dream. No sense telling them I'd dreamed of killing him and then found him dead. Not when I still wasn't sure what had happened. Reality was blurred, and at least some of the things I saw were impossible. If I'd been hallucinating, maybe Dr. Freeberg wasn't even dead. The empty hole in the pit of my stomach said otherwise, but I held on to hope like a vice. Luckily, my friends were focused on something entirely different. Wait, so Mia's dreams aren't really dreams, or what? Finn's brow creased in confusion. Not sure. They start with some kind of self-hypnosis. I shrugged. As far as I know, that's the only difference between her dreams and everyone else's. So it has to have something to do with why I can sleep in them. Dr. Freeberg said the brain works differently in a hypnotized state, and it must be related to that. The nightmares too? Addie asked. No, I'm not sure. Nightmares can be repetitive, but I'm sure she was still trying to create the peaceful dreams. I let out a puff of air. It's not like she's volunteering to have these nightmares. Trust me. It was silent for a minute. So then, theoretically, you could sleep in anyone's dreams, as long as they did self-hypnosis? Addie glanced at me, and then quickly away. I don't know. I guess that makes sense. I haven't been in anyone's dreams since the accident, so maybe slamming my head really hard magically fixed it. If I had known that, I would have crashed a car into a tree years ago. I've even had a few of my own dreams since I've been in the hospital. Your own dreams? Finn raised both eyebrows so high they nearly touched his hair. Who was the last person you made eye contact with before the accident? Now that the drugs weren't quite so strong, I thought back for a minute and then cringed, realizing why I hadn't seen anyone's dreams. It must be because Dr. Freeberg wasn't dreaming anymore. So I could sleep in Mia's dreams, or when the last person I made eye contact with, my dreamer, was dead. Perfect. This was just what my warped mind needed. Another excuse to hurt people. Clearing my throat, I shrugged. I can't remember. It's kind of hazy. I lied. I guess it could also be the drugs. So you're getting real sleep then? Addie glanced at my face and pursed her lips. No wonder you look so good. Finn coughed and laughed at the same time, and Addie blushed. So healthy, I mean, she muttered. I stopped walking as a bout of nausea hit me. I found a waiting area to the side and took a seat. Anyway, what about Dr. Freeberg? Finn asked. I jerked my head up to look at him. What about him? My palms instantly started to sweat, and I wiped them on the front of my hospital gown. His dream was sick. Finn waited for me to respond, so I nodded. Do you think he's the one who's been threatening Mia? No. In the dream, I'd thought it was but this didn't make much sense when I was awake. Maybe I couldn't blame anything on the man I might have murdered. 
Anyway, if he had been sending the emails, then I guess the problem had been dealt with. I swallowed. Hard. Addie watched me closely, disgust curling her lip. Why not? I... I just don't think it was him. How would he know my name and soccer number for the email address? Maybe she told him about you. That you were following her? Finn rubbed his chin with his left hand and grabbed my IV stand with his right. I stood up again. I think maybe I should go back to the room. Wait, how do you know about the email address? Addie got to her feet. Mia shoved one of the emails into my hand when I tried to tell her about my curse. They exchanged another look, but I pretended not to see it. Sorry, guys, but I think I should go rest. Turning back toward my room, I waited for them to join me. They both nodded and said they understood, but I knew they couldn't, not really. I needed them to leave. I needed some time to think about everything, to come up with answers to satisfy myself and them. Halfway down the hall, Finn's phone rang and he grimaced as he answered. I could hear his dad's voice, and he didn't sound happy. I glanced at Addie, and she shrugged. We didn't exactly tell him we were coming here after the movie. We thought he'd still be here. I nodded, and Finn said, Okay, okay, we're coming. Then he snapped his phone closed. Dad's home. He says to leave Parker alone. It's fine. You guys go. I'll try to get some sleep. No. Addie shook her head with a frown. Finn can get the car while I make sure you get to your room, okay? It won't take much longer, and we promised the nurse we'd stay with you. I opened my mouth to argue, but Finn passed the IV stand to his sister. I'll see you tomorrow, man. Get better fast, okay? Hospital food sucks. He mock-punched my shoulder and walked past me to the elevator. Five minutes, Addie. He pressed the button, and a few seconds later the doors opened. As soon as Finn was out of sight, I grabbed the IV stand. Addie sighed and gripped my arm tighter. You know, I'm really all right. I can walk without you supporting me. Several long seconds passed before she responded. I know. She flushed, but didn't let go. And this was why I shouldn't be allowed around normal people. I hadn't meant to embarrass her. And I really didn't want her to let go if she didn't want to. We walked in silence most of the way down the hall, but it wasn't uncomfortable. It felt so good to be close to her. I liked the way her cheeks got a little pink when she looked at me, the way her hands felt warm on my skin. Addie made me feel better. Even my problems felt a little more distant when she was around. With the curtains all closed, the room was mostly dark when we walked in. Only a small bit of light streaming out through the crack under the bathroom door kept it from complete blackness. When we got inside, I pushed my IV to the side of my bed and only turned around when I heard the door close. I squinted in the darkness, thinking Addie must have left. The intense wave of disappointment I felt surprised me. But then I saw a few quick, silent movements in the shadows, and she was in front of me. Her soft smile tugged up one side of her mouth. When I grinned back, she laughed. Placing one warm hand on my chest, she gave a small push with one finger. You should lie down now. I grabbed her hand and sat on the hospital bed. For a moment, she didn't move. My heart pounded in my ears, nearly deafening. I felt alive again. She stood so close, her hand in mine. 
I wished the light was behind me so I could see her eyes. It was more tempting than anything to reach out and... But I wouldn't. Finn would kill me. With a small sigh, she pulled her hand away and walked to the door. She turned on the light and came back to the side of my bed. She met my eyes, and the intensity in hers surprised me. I need you to promise me something. Sure. The word came out before I could even think about it. Go to sleep as soon as I leave. Why? If you're still seeing dreams, I want them to be mine. I'm kind of curious. As much as I tried, I couldn't keep the smirk from spreading across my face. Oh, won't you feel all violated and stuff? The corner of her mouth lifted in a sly grin. No, it's different when you're invited. With a nod, I lifted my legs up on the bed and pulled the covers over them. This wasn't a hard request. Now that she wasn't as close, my heart slowed and I relaxed. Exhaustion rolled over me like a dump truck. My head weighed a ton. Only the expression on Addie's face kept me from lying back on my pillow and closing my eyes. I didn't know how, but I'd known her long enough to see how upset she was. A strange mixture of guilt and an intense desire to make it better washed over me. I reached out and tugged on her fingers. What's wrong? With one quick move, she sat on my bed and threw both arms around my neck. Without even thinking, I wrapped my arms around her and pulled her in tight, extremely aware of the way she felt against me. Her shoulders trembled. I squeezed her tighter. I'd do anything to make her happy again. Addie, what's going on? You have no idea. I thought, we all thought, you were going to die. Talking seemed to help because she stopped shaking. Her fingers clung to my shoulders like they were her lifeline. I didn't know what to say, so I rubbed her back and let her talk. Her breath warmed my skin as she spoke against the thin hospital gown. And then you woke up, and I was there, and you seemed okay, and then you, you... She shook her head and didn't finish. I'm fine. Everything is okay. I had no idea how to make her feel better. This was new territory, and I felt unprepared. Addie took a few deep breaths, and my body moved with each one. Her scent, fresh citrus, surrounded me. I never wanted to let her go. Please be careful. You need, I need you to be around. I didn't know how to respond. Holding her felt incredible, natural. A thrill of excitement flowed through me at her words, but it was accompanied by dread. She was Finn's sister. That was serious betrayal. How could I fix it? I didn't want to hurt either of them, or myself, if I was really being honest. I took a deep breath, hesitating. I'm not going anywhere. She pulled away, smiled, and kissed my cheek. I couldn't think straight. Her lips were so soft. I could still feel them against my skin as I watched her stand up from the bed, turn off the lights, and walk out of the room. Good night. In the silence, my idiocy began to sink in. Over the past few weeks, Addie had become like another best friend. This, whatever it was, would probably ruin both of my friendships. It was already difficult to make myself stop thinking about being close to her again. How could I not wonder what it would be like to kiss her? Maybe I could talk to Finn, 
Would he really care? Yes. Yes, he would. I pushed my hands into my forehead and groaned. Leaning back into my pillow, I closed my eyes. As my mind drifted, flashes of darkness and Dr. Freeberg plowed through it like an avalanche down my spine. I jerked straight up in bed, knowing what I would have to do. I couldn't risk Addie. Somehow, I needed to stop whatever was happening between us before it really started. Some kind of monster lived in my mind, and I deserved nothing from Addie. From anyone, really. Finn, Mia, even my mom. I didn't deserve their trust, not when I couldn't even trust myself. I couldn't risk any of the people that meant the most to me. Not until I could be sure about what had happened with Freeburg. Not until I could be certain that I was safe to be around. Thanks for listening to the Riveting Reads podcast, Season 1, Insomnia. New podcast episodes will be available every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you're not the patient type and want the full book now, you can find the audiobook on Audible Podcasts or the paperback version on Amazon. Stick around for some author insights from J.R. Johansson about the chapter featured in this episode. Hi, I'm J.R. Johansson, and welcome to the Authorly Insight section on Chapter 26. I think I mentioned this earlier, but there was a guy I dated in high school that I was friends with his brother first. It was always awkward that I was dating his brother, and it definitely changed our friendship, at least for a while. I think most people have different social circles for family, work, friends, etc. I know that I do. When those circles cross for one reason or another, it can really be uncomfortable. It doesn't have to be. And I think that the older and hopefully more mature that we get, the easier it is for us to deal with these intersections of our different circles. But it is an adjustment no matter when or how that happens. I think as creatures, humans are very comfort driven. We like our comfort zones and we don't like it when people mess with them. This is one of those areas. When people mix up our circles, it tends to put us out of our comfort zone. Or when we are put into someone's different circle, it messes up our comfort zone. And that is difficult for us. I really think that exploring that social dynamic in stories is really interesting. And it also adds a level of tension too, which you can never have too much of in a thriller. And that's it for the Authorly Insight section on chapter 26. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next episode. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Riveting Reads. Please check out details for our reader appreciation program in the podcast notes or on rivetingreadspodcast.com. Also, a reminder that we're still a new podcast and we would love to hear from you. Please subscribe as well as rating and reviewing in your podcast app. Thanks, and we'll see you in a few days for the next episode.